Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. Yay, Jesus. Anybody wore out yet? (laughs) I love it that uh, every week I get up here and I'm like, we've already had church. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's a good problem, amen? Oh, we love worshiping Jesus because he's worth it, amen? And we love worshiping Jesus because he always shows up in heartfelt worship. And when he comes, everything changes, amen? Oh, come on, when he comes, everything changes. Come on, God is doing good things in our midst Thank you, Jesus. Last, last week, we took communion together, and God healed people just taking communion. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We got a, uh, got a report. Uh, a lady who's a, a long-distance runner, her knees got healed that night. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, Renee referenced the uh, elements class earlier that we were in, and Somebody asked a, a great question about our vision uh, for, the, for the children, and I tell you, I'll tell you what I told them. I believe that, that a greater indicator than even what's happening in the d- adults is what's happening in the children. You know you're in a move of God when it's breaking out amongst the children. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And, uh, and uh, I was, as I finished telling the class that, yeah, we, we wrapped up the class, and I walked out the door, and there was a couple sitting outside the door looking over some song sheets. I was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're preparing for children's worship. I was like, oh, we were just talking about that. And then they go on to tell me, they're like, yeah, last week God showed up so strong during children's worship, we didn't even get to finish the set. God just broke out, kids in tears, kids on the floor, kids prophesying, come on. Come on, can we just give praise to Jesus for that? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hey, I've got a really good idea. Let's just extend our hands that way towards the, towards the children's room and just ask for more. Just say, say get him, Jesus. Get him, Jesus. Get him, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. A little child will lead them. The Bible says that we need to be converted to become like children to inherit the kingdom. Anybody want to be more childlike? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Me too. God is is so good. And his presence is here right now. And I just feel it. I mean, we say it all the time, but actually feel that we're in a moment of increase feel like we're in a moment of, of not just talking about it, but receiving it, God taking us from glory to glory. I feel like we're in an advancement moment of glory. Is anybody in the mood for more glory? <laughs> anybody come for more glory? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Also in the elements class, uh, a gentleman, he, uh, he raised his hand, and we were doing a little bit of Q&A, raised his hand. He said, this isn't so much a question, this is just a statement. He said, the other week, I came to church for the first time, and I, and I pulled in the parking lot, and I got out of my car, and the weight, of the weight that I didn't even know I was carrying, the weight of the week just broke off me, <laughs> fell off as I got out of the car in the parking lot. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Whew, thank you, Father. You know, we really are going after the heart of God, and God thinks big. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. God thinks big. God, God, we, we think in moments, God thinks in momentum. That we think in terms of a service, God thinks in terms of cities, regions, and nations. But we want to see a shift in atmosphere over an entire city. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it has to start at home first. 
The light that's brightest shines the farthest. The more glory that we cultivate, the more glory will be extended and released over our city. Thank you, Jesus. Quickly just going to share a story, then I'm going to go on. And some of us, if you've been around the pre-launch season, you you may heard this. But uh, before uh, being sent to launch this church, we had various roles back in Reading at Bethel. And one of those... um, for me was I led the healing rooms, developed and led the healing rooms for seven years in Reading. And, and we saw it grow from, from just not much of anything to something pretty extraordinary. And we started out, uh, we started out when it was brand new, where we started this ministry and anything in ministry brand new is like shiny and sparkly and new and people are all excited. We're like, woohoo, something new. And so we're like, we want to see impossible cases bow their knee to Jesus. So we're like, let's gather some teams. We're like, anybody want to see impossible cases bow their knee to Jesus? People are like, yes, please. And so a bunch of people signed up. Now, here's the thing. That excitement that people came with, it lasted about three months. And then, and then we begin to realize, like, wow, this is, this is, this is more difficult than we thought. Because <laughs> what was happening is we were doing it in our own strength. How many people know it's not meant to be done in our own strength? It's not by strength or by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. <laughs> and so that, that, that momentum, that excitement lasted three months, and then it's like, this is hard. And uh, God taught us a whole lot in that season. It didn't stay hard because he's the God of breakthrough. Somebody say Breakthrough. He's the God of breakthrough, and he takes us from glory to glory. But he had to clue us into some things. He had to deliver some keys to us in that season. And, uh, but I tell people half-jokingly, half-serious, that, that uh, you know, this went on for a while of, like, people would come sick and they would leave sick. And we'd pray for, you know, five, ten people on a Saturday morning, and you wouldn't see any breakthrough. How many people know that doesn't sound like fun? And then you do the same thing the next week, and nobody gets healed. And the next week, and nobody gets healed. It's like, oh, I used to tell people our teams, it got to the point where our teams at the end of the day would leave looking worse than the people who came in for prayer. <laughs> It'd be like, we'd be so tired at the end of the day, the guy leaving in the oxygen tank, excuse me, oh, can I borrow that before you go? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it didn't stay that way, amen? That God brought breakthrough, and, and one, of the, one of the key things that brought breakthrough is, is when I, I, after a year, I started to pray. I said, God, your word says it is supposed to be on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I might not be the smartest person around, but I know that what we're experiencing right here, this that we're experiencing does not feel like heaven. So something has to shift. Here's the key. I said, God, something has to shift, and I'm pretty sure if something has to shift, it's not on your end. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Anyway, and uh, so I said, God, something's got to shift. And God simply said this. He said, you need to take your eyes off the problem and put it back on the one who is the solution. And, I, and I, in that moment, I realized, oh, my goodness, this whole time we've been catering. We've been catering to the problem. We've been catering to the condition instead of catering to heaven. And I, I'm not going to go into the whole story now, but at that point, things begin to shift. And, uh, and breakthrough began to come, and, and freedom uh, began to come, and we began to, to worship Jesus. We began to stop trying to do his job for him. <laughs> because how many people have figured out yet that God's better at his job than we are at ours? And so we stopped trying to do his job, and we just started worshiping him and inviting him to come. Because when he comes, everything changes. And breakthroughs started to happen. This realm of freedom broke open. And then the, when this freedom broke open, things shifted to the point that the first week this broke open, a man who was 100% deaf in his left ear, he, he walked into the room. 
He stepped over the threshold of the door and his deaf ear popped open. <laughs> How many people think that sounds easier than what we were doing before? <laughs> the next week, a lady who had uh, four cancerous tumors on her chest, she came into the waiting room, right? We had a, an area where it was kind of soaking music in it. And, and why people would wait for their turn for a, a, a team to pray for them. She's in the waiting room, and all four tumors disappear. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> the following week, a, a, another a, a long-distance runner, he had uh, torn a ligament in his knee. He came in on crutches. He's in the waiting room. Eventually, God told me, he said, you're not allowed to call it the waiting room anymore. Because there's no waiting in heaven. You're to call it the encounter room. And so he's in the encounter room, and, and God, he came in on crutches. The, the team hasn't even prayed for him yet. We haven't even got to him. We, you know, they fill out a little form that says what they're there for. We haven't even seen his form yet. He's just in the waiting room. The problem is the presence of God is in there with him. <laughs> his knee gets completely healed. We don't even know. He takes off for a while and comes back to report his knee is completely healed. We're like, how do you, how do you know you're healed? He's like, because I just went for a three-mile run. <laughs> this is the longest intro ever, but that's all right. We have until midnight. So... Um, <laughs> so all this stuff, it starts to break out and, and, and is happening in the grace of God and in his presence. Somebody say grace. grace. So all this stuff is happening and now the, the months and turn into a, a year. We had a few years of just amazing breakthrough. People are just walking in the room and getting healed. Incredible tumors are disappearing. Deaf ears are opening. Amazing stuff is happening. And then God says this to me. He says, do you think I'm only capable to show up in this room? This atmosphere that you've, that you've captured, not created. We didn't create it. We captured it. This atmosphere that you, you captured, you think I'm only able to do it in the room. I said, uh, probably not. <laughs> when God asks a question, it's an invitation. And, uh, and he said, or do you think I can also fill the hallway and the lobby with my presence? I said, I'm sure you can. Never thought about it, but here we go. Now we're going after it. So we start having our teams intercessor before we open. Now they're praying through the hallway in the lobby. Do you know what happened? People start walking in the doors, falling out in the spirit. People, we would have pile, we would have many piles of bodies. Like just they get a foot in the door, poof, somebody falls out on top of them. Poof, people get healed in the lobby. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I'm just having fun telling these stories. I don't know about you, I get excited about Jesus. And, uh, and so that goes on for about six months, and it's amazing. We're like, wow, this is incredible. This is more than we could think or imagine. And then God, then God interrupts, he breaks in again. He says, hey, do you think I'm only capable of filling the hallway in the lobby? Or do you think I could show up in the parking lot? I said, all right, here we go. So we start sending our, our teams before we open. We start now we're not just praying in the rooms. <laughs> Look, remember, reverse three years, and we're like, can I borrow your oxygen tank before you leave? <laughs> this side doesn't think it's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And now fast forward, right? Because breakthrough creates more breakthrough. And faith releases more faith. And God takes us from glory to more glory. And so fast forward three years, and now God's not only showing up in the rooms, he's showing up in the hallways and the lobby. And now he's not only showing up in the lobby, he's inviting us to see if he'll show up in the parking lot. So our teams are praying, they're walking the parking lot before we open. Guess what happened? People, people show up, they pull up in the parking lot, get out of their car, and fall out in the spirit. <laughs> Listen, people get healed in the parking lot. 
We had so many people come into the healing rooms that would fly in from other states, other countries even. Like they, they had a whole itinerary, a whole schedule around like the reason they came, flew from wherever was to come to the healing rooms in the hopes that God would heal them. We had, we had so many people that would show up in the healing rooms after all that and have to apologize. They'd be like, um, I flew here from Canada, but apparently what I came for is already gone. <laughs> I feel like God is asking, do you think I can only show up in the parking lot? This side must be new. I feel like God is asking... I feel like God is asking, do you think I can only show up in the parking lot? Or do you think I can show up over a whole city? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> What's it going to look like when, when people are telling other people, oh, you need a breakthrough in your body, you need a breakthrough in your marriage, you need a breakthrough in your finances. You need to fly to Austin. No, listen. Listen. <laughs> I'm being serious. Come on. Let's go there together. L listen, they're like, you got to fly to Austin. And people are like, okay, where do I go when I get there? They're like, it doesn't matter. Just show up. The anointing, the anointing is just there. Just show up. <laughs> oh man, there's so many stories. People I've talked to personally who are, uh, uh, Interstate 5 is the, the, the main highway uh, that goes through Reading, similar to, to 35 here. And, and uh, I, I've talked personally to so many people who didn't have any plans on coming to Bethel. They just were driving through I-5, going through Reading and get delivered to drugs. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Whew. <laughs> I want to I talk about <clears throat> a little bit tonight, uh, living in sustained breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. If you got your Bible, open your Bible to John chapter 6. Oh, you started reading the head. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, anybody excited to be in the presence of God? Just say, come on, Jesus. <laughs> in John, in John 6, talking about living in sustained breakthrough, there's such a, there's such a great story here. It's the story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And we're just going to start in the beginning. I'm going to read quite a few verses, and then we're going to preach short. At least that's the plan. <laughs> John 6, verse 1, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. I'm going to go on, but I want to pause. That when Jesus said, do you think I can only show up in this room? How many people know he already knew what he was going to do? That <laughs> The question wasn't for him. The question was for us. And the question wasn't even a question. It was an invitation. For he himself knew what he would do. Verse 7, Philip's answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. 
One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Uh, and there was much grass. He had them sit down in groups. Jesus took, verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to the, those sitting down, and likewise the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, somebody say filled. filled. He said to his disciple, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14, then we're going to pause. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. You know what's unique about that? That, that God doesn't, uh, God doesn't, use details just by mistake or by coincidence. But Jesus, there's a multitude coming, and, and, and he, he tests the disciples. He's like, where are we going to get bread for all these people? Jesus, knowing what he was going to do, it wasn't a challenge as much as it was an invitation. And it definitely wasn't a genuine question of like, oh, no, I don't know what we're going to do. Because he's Jesus. Amen? So he was actually inviting them into a realm of breakthrough. And it wasn't just a realm of breakthrough for one. It wasn't just a realm of breakthrough for two. It was 5,000. And that was just the men. Somebody say, come on, Jesus. And what's unique about this story is that there's a small boy, and he's got five barley loaves of bread and two fish. Now, now, Bread in in the word in the gospels is is represent representative of revelation and provision and the Lord's presence. Thank you, Jesus. And fish is representative of those who are coming to salvation. That Jesus calls Peter to be the fisher of men. Amen. We use the terminology, oh, fish jumping in the boat, right? So those who are coming to salvation, so loaves, five is the number of grace. Two is the number of witness. Bread is his presence and provision, five is grace. So those who are coming to salvation are about to witness the grace for provision from heaven. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus looked to heaven and he gave thanks for it. Is anybody thankful? For what God's given. He gives thanks for it. He hands it out and it multiplies. They hand it out. And then he says, collect what's left over. And they collect 12 baskets full. Gather the fragments that remain. Nothing lost. Therefore they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. What happened to the fish? It was just loaves. What was left over? Revelation of grace. But those who caught the revelation were no longer fish, now they're lambs. They caught the revelation of who he is. How do we know that? Because the men who had seen the sign that Jesus said, said this, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. And they gathered up 12 baskets. 12 is the number of perfect government. They eat until they were filled. Somebody say filled. They gathered 12 baskets until they were full. Somebody say full. His, he had 12 apostles that were supposed to walk away full of the revelation, the grace of his provision. <laughs> He's the king of glory. They're supposed to walk away with this revelation that with God, all things are possible. That, that God set up the perfect government. That they're walking away full of this revelation that God can do anything. Because he just fed 5,000 people. 
Anybody besides me would be impressed at that moment? Would anybody think, wow, God can do anything? Are you, are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. So they gather the fragments. And then in verse 15, Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself. Man, they caught it. They're like, let's make this guy king. He departs by himself, and then he sends the disciples on. Verse 16, now when evening had come, come, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and went over the sea towards Capernaum, and it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to him, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> here's, here's something that's crazy, because we're talking about living a sustained breakthrough. They just saw this crazy, amazing, mind-blowing Miracle, provision for heaven, grace. And they walked away with baskets full of revelation. Amen. And then they get in the boat, and the, next, the very next thing that happens is a storm comes and arrests them. Has anybody ever had a breakthrough in God? And then has anybody after your breakthrough in God ever experienced a storm? ever experienced a trial, ever experienced a problem, ever experienced something that didn't go perfectly right. It's not just me then. <laughs> Can I let you in on a little secret? That God is, <laughs> thank you. I love you, Drew, you're awesome. That, that God is inviting us into sonship, not just servanthood. Now here's the thing, we talk about how we talk about how servants work so much harder than sons. And that's true. Except for in this one thing, this one place, sons work harder than servants, and that is understanding the father's business. Because, because servants are just tasked with an assignment. They don't care how it all works. They're just supposed to do their job. Where a son at some point gets invited into this realm of stay by my side because I want you to learn how it all works. Why? Because one day you're going to be involved in running the whole show. <laughs> a servant does their task and then they're given a meal and they're just, they just receive what they're given they don't think about it. But the father starts to work with the son and, and, and says, you know, we have, we're providing this many meals for this many servants, but we have this many cattle. We have this much coming in. We're, we're, creating, a, we're creating a profit. We're creating a healthy ecosystem. The son's like trying to figure it all out. Okay, I think I got this going on. That's called promotion. Now, here's the thing. A servant mentality will tell us that we're trying to get to this place with God. It's like this magical, this dangling carrot that like once I get to this breakthrough, everything is taken care of. And I never have a struggle or a problem again. It's just like God's going to provide. Man, once, once I get to that realm where I see one person healed, then of course everybody I ever pray for after that is going to get healed. except for maybe it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> that you come into to one realm of breakthrough, and you're like, that can never, uh, this, oh, oh, I'm in this realm of breakthrough. I'm with God. Nothing can ever go wrong. But here's what happens. We, get, we run into this amazing, we experience this amazing revelation, and then the next thing that happens is a storm. But what's actually happening is God's inviting us into promotion. Not demotion. And here's the mistake that we make is that we, that we look at the storm and then we disqualify what God has previously done. And we go, oh no, 
that must not have been what I thought it was. Because if I had encountered God like I thought he did, I wouldn't be having this problem. How many people know that that the storm was the very next thing they experienced after the breakthrough? And they're in the boat and the winds and the wave and what they were supposed to take away was this revelation that God can do anything. That God, God can work anything out. He can show up in any situation and make a way, but instead they're in the storm and they get afraid. They're like, oh no, what do we do now? Never been in this situation before. There's no hope. Oh no, we're in a storm. This is terrible. I thought we were friends with God. I thought we were doing all right. I thought we were the inner circle. Why is this happening? (laughs) But here's the good news. God is in the process. He's with us on the journey. That we are in a bigger hurry than God is. That God is into growing his children. (laughs) And so they already forget. The very next thing, they already forget. They're they're scared, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. He's like, all right, let me go rescue these guys. I sent them with 12 full baskets of revelation. They already need a reminder. So he comes walking out on the water, and they're scared. But here it is. They see Jesus, and he says, don't be afraid, it's me. And it says, they willingly invite him into the boat. Here's what's amazing. Now they're instantly at their destination. Listen, God won't, God doesn't condemn us for our moments of weakness, but he does invite us to remember. Listen, we've experienced moments of breakthrough with God. That doesn't mean a storm isn't coming. It doesn't mean another problem's not going to pop up. What it means is you're supposed to face the new problem with new revelation that God can calm every storm. That God is, God is with me and God is in me. You're supposed to face the next problem, the next trial with new courage. <laughs> new hope, new faith. Like, oh, I know what to do here. Because I saw God move there. And even in the midst, come on, it's on fire. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to keep preaching. And listen, if, 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 if smoke fills the room, I'm probably still going to keep preaching. <laughs> yes, I don't remember who. They were just reminding us we had a prophetic word about the fire alarms going off. Steve Backlin. Steve Backlin, just a couple of weeks ago. Show. Brian Simmons, thank you, Jesus. I need a drink. It's getting hot in here. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The, 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 story, the story goes on, and, and Jesus arrives. They instantly arrive at their destination. <laughs> they instantly arrive at their destination with Jesus, and, and they're now on the other side of the lake, and the people, they realize... One of the kids pulled the alarm. No worries. <laughs> Look, look, God's like, don't resist the children. Let them come. So, hey, it's all good. (laughs) All right, all right. Can can we continue? Here we go. 
So they're on the other side. People realize that Jesus and the disciples aren't there. So they get in boats and they chase them down, right? And they, and they get to them and they're like, Jesus, where'd you go? Jesus, in verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I said to you, seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now listen, I used to take that as a rebuke. I'm not so sure anymore. Let's read it again. Remember the loaves. Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Because you, you partook of the revelation of who I am, and now you can't help but want to be where I am. Thank you, Jesus. And then he says this, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal upon him. Thank you, Jesus. And then they have this dialogue about what is the bread of life, and they talk about uh, Moses and the manna. In verse 32, Jesus says to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Thank you, Jesus. Just quickly, verse 41, Jesus says, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Verse 50, this is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And it goes on. But I I want us, we all know it, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you know, I think that for way too long we've had an, uh, an improper relationship to this, to this part of Scripture. That, that for way too long the church has approached this as it's a ration. God, give me today my daily ration of bread. Give me, give me just enough to get by. Like, God, I know you're good. Listen, I don't believe I'm a son. I believe I'm a servant. But you're going to feed me day by day. You're going to sustain me, but you're not going to thrive me. But how many people know that's not our God? That's not our King, and that's not our Jesus. That we serve the God of abundance. Amen? That, that God isn't, isn't praying, inviting us to ask for rations. Give us today this daily bread. What does Jesus say he is? The bread that came down from heaven. That he is the living bread. That anyone who eats this bread will never hunger again. Jesus is saying every day, ask for a fresh encounter with me. For time, I'm just gonna I'm gonna weave the end together. <clears throat> it's just getting hotter in here. <laughs> How many people know that one of his names is Prince of Peace? Isaiah six, he is the Prince of Peace. That that he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of a kingdom called Peace. The place that he presides over is peace. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, in 
when Jesus, after his, his burial and his resurrection, Jesus appears to the disciples. In John, he appears to the disciples and says, peace to you. My peace, peace be upon you. That he is the Prince of Peace. Do you know that Jesus, just like in the boat, he's not just saying, don't be scared. Hey guys, it's me. Don't be scared. It's actually an invitation. That Jesus is inviting those disciples to step into the realm in which he presides over. Peace unto you is an invitation. That Jesus... And another story, it's in the Gospels and Mark, that Jesus is in a boat, and he finds himself in a storm. And they wake Jesus up, and they're, they're terrified, and they wake Jesus up, and Jesus stands up, and he rebukes the storm, and what does he say? Peace, be still. <laughs> that, that Jesus is inviting you into sonship and daughterhood. Listen, don't qualify the, the break, don't disqualify the breakthroughs of yesterday because a problem arises today. God's not trying to disqualify what he did. He's trying to invite you to a higher level. That, that Jesus, when you get a breakthrough, and then the next thing that happens is a storm comes. He's not disqualifying that. He's trying to invite you into his realm. He's trying to say, look how I model this. Remember who I am. And then I'm with you and I'm in you. Don't be freaked out by the storm. Stand up and say, peace. Be still. Because you're a son. Because you're a daughter. Listen, he's, we're like, oh, it, when, when am I going to get to the point where, where God takes care of everything? <laughs> I got good news for you. Or bad news. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. <laughs> he's... He's not inviting you to be a baby that doesn't have any responsibility. He's inviting you to be a partner that knows how to speak peace over the storms. And God is going to, I feel like God is asking us, do you think I can just show up in the room? Or can I show up in the lobby? And I feel like he's asking us, do you think I can just show up in the lobby or can I show up in the parking lot? And I feel like he's asking, do you think I can just show up in the parking lot or can I show up over a city? But first we need to learn how to stand up and calm the storm in our own boat. Thank you, Jesus. The, the Father is in the house. The peace of God is in the house. There's an invitation in the house. Now notice that when they woke Jesus up in the boat, the first thing he did was, he, the first thing wasn't that he rebuked the storm. The first thing is that he stood up. Uh -huh. I feel like God's inviting us to face our problems in a new way. I feel like that there's impartation, that there's fresh bread being broken in our midst, that he's releasing baskets full. And uh, Dylan, do you have somebody ready to come? <clears throat> I, know there's, I know there's flashing lights and occasional sirens. <clears throat> but listen, if you think that's crazy, wait till you get to heaven. If a, if a few blinking lights are distracting to you, then you're not ready. Because <laughs> there's beings up there with covered in eyes all over. 
and a golden throne with an emerald rainbow and thunders and lightnings and elders falling on their face, throwing their crowns at his feet and cherubim circling saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And that's what God calls decent and in order. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I feel like that there's, I feel like that there's uh, invitation into sonship in the room. Not just a, not just a Jesus, when are you going to take care of everything? No, but an invitation into the revelation of, oh, you're inviting me to go from glory to glory. You're inviting me to take on board more of the revelation that you are the prince of a realm called peace. And you happen to live in me. And breakthrough, you take us from glory to glory. One of the prophets said, you take us from glory to glory, but sometimes it's hell in the hallway. <laughs> Listen, problems don't disqualify what God's doing. They're an invitation for promotion. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. The woman with the issue of blood pushed through the crowd to grab a hold of the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And he turned around and he addressed the woman. He said, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. A more accurate translation would be go into peace. Step into peace. I feel like the Father is here to invite us to step into peace tonight. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to pray. Whenever you guys are ready, we're just going to partner with what we feel like Papa God is doing. Because we're going on a journey together. And it doesn't matter what place you're at because God's in the journey. You might be the one tonight who's, who's looking for the oxygen tank. You might be, and I tell you it's okay, because that was us at one point. <laughs> but not too long from now, you're going to be the one that God's asking, can I just show up in the room, or do you think I can show up in the parking lot too? You might be the one asking, where are we going to get bread? Where are we going to get provision for this situation today? And it's okay. But God's about to fill your basket with the revelation of his provision. There, I believe there's people in the room that you've been on this roller coaster of like, I feel like I had breakthrough and then a problem came and it, and it messed it all up. I must not have been there. And you disqualified yourself and you disqualify what God's done. And God's about to shift something over you. And you're going to stop disqualifying the breakthrough. And you're going to start using the problems as stepping stones to promotion. If that makes sense to anybody in the room, I want to invite you to stand up tonight. And we're just going to begin to worship Jesus a little bit. If at any point you need to go, you're going to be released to go. In just, in just a moment, if you have children, you're going to be asked to go get your But before you move, I feel like there's people in the room that God's saying, step in to peace. There's people in the room that God's saying, step into provision. There's people in the room that, that our good father is saying, I'm breaking off the cycle right now. I feel like I'm there. I don't feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm there. I don't feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm there. I don't feel like I'm there. He's going to shift the cycle, and he's going to make you feel like you're there, even in the midst of the storm. Because you know God's about to work something together for your good.
If that's you, the team's going to start to worship. There's actually an anointing for this in the room tonight. If that's you, if you need to step into peace, I just want you to come forward. If you need God to break the cycle, I just want you to come forward. If you've been, if you found yourself lost in the place where I thought I was in this place of faith and then the storm came and I, I forgot. Listen, he's not mad. He's just saying, invite me back into the boat. Listen, here's the beautiful thing. Last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm just going to let the team play. God redeems the time. If you got lost in the struggle, if you got lost in the wind, you got lost in the waves, and you're like, oh, I forgot the God of breakthrough. He's saying, as soon as you remember, as soon as you invite me in the boat, it's not going to be seven years. As soon as you remember, invite me in the boat, you arrive at your destination. Thank you, Father, that you're the Prince of Peace. In just a little while, after the team plays, the ministry team's going to come forward. If you came for prayer tonight for something, they're going to be available if you can hang with us. But we want to let the Prince of Peace open the door of your heart tonight and step in in a greater way. Step in in a greater way. There are a bunch of people in this room who God's equipping to calm the storms. <laughs> when you learn how to calm the storm in your boat, then you can calm the storm in your office. Then you can calm the storm in your neighborhood. Then you can calm the storm in your city and beyond. Jesus, I thank you. <laughs> That you're good. I thank you. Prince of Peace, I thank you. Wow, for your goodness. I thank you for the fresh bread, the spirit of wisdom and revelation coming over your sons and your daughters, those that you're calling, those that you're putting the signet ring on, those that you're bringing to the city gate and saying, this is my son, my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. They have permission to do business on my behalf. Thank you for promotion in the spirit. Come on. Let's worship the Prince of Peace together. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.